episode three of The Modern Extractor, the podcast that focuses on the processes, equipment, and science found in a cannabis extraction laboratory. I'm your host, Jason Showard, and I work professionally in the cannabis extraction field. Here in season one, we're focusing on ethanol extraction and post-processing, with each episode digging deep into a particular stage in that process. The shows are released in an order that follows the progress of material through a lab, following it from cultivar to concentrate. Last week, we discussed how to select quality biomass to extract from. After listening back to the show, I feel like I said a lot about what could go wrong there and neglected to mention that forming great relationships with your local growers is the absolute best way to consistently get quality biomass. In the second half of last week's show, we talked to Bree Tolp from Futurola about how their shredders can get you to your ideal mill size for extraction. It was a great show and definitely worth a listen if you haven't already. This week takes us to the next stage, which is the extraction process. We've got Adam Chambers from Delta Separations on today to give us the latest from Delta, as well as break down how their revolutionary Cup Series centrifuges will get you the most out of your material. So, without any further ado, Adam Chambers, welcome to the Modern Extractor. Uh, It's great to be here. Looking forward to it. Absolutely, yeah. We're excited to have you. Uh, As far as uh, starting off with you, where, where are you calling in from today? So today I'm uh, speaking to you guys from the conference room here at Delta Separations in uh, Botati, California, just north of uh, San Francisco and south of Santa Rosa. Uh, it's the main headquarters for Delta, Delta Separations and it's been where we've called home for the last couple of uh, years and has been our home through this acquisition and uh, this strange year that we've had. Okay, great. Um, tell me a little bit about your journey uh, to Delta and how you ended up working working there. Of course. Um, I, I don't think it would be uncommon to say that a lot of the people here at Delta's uh, their route to the company was somewhat unconventional, and I'm no exception. Uh, I studied uh, forensic molecular biology, had a minor in chemistry and physics at the Virginia Commonwealth University. Uh, after graduating, I moved back over to uh, Europe. I am, I am half British. Uh, in, in case that's of any consequence. And my father lives in uh, on Mediterranean Spain. I spent a couple of years out there just kind of figuring out what I was going to do and was invited to uh, open an ethanol extraction facility down in Southern California in, uh, in Coachella. Uh, and so uh, I, you know, two weeks later I was on a plane uh, and I decided that was where I'd, uh, I was going to get my start. And in the middle of the Mojave, uh, <laughs> really hot, unhospitable environment, but we threw together some uh, shipping containers that we retrofitted ourselves and did the electrical and all of that stuff, uh, plumbing, and uh, fitted our own homemade extraction system with, uh, you know, just pumps and some basic lab gear for concept before uh, we were picked up uh, as being, you know, uh, after we proved what we could do, Greenfield Global, the notable uh, ethanol or solvent supplier in general, and uh, Verano uh, Holdings, that uh, they decided to invest in us, and we formed a new that uh, went from D9 Manufacturing, which was the original name, to DGV Group, uh, uh, you know, the conglomerate of the three companies to produce distillate at uh, large quantities, and so we started to do research as to how we would. Uh, you know, be able to handle this throughput. And we came across Delta's gear and our CEO uh, met them at a trade show and um, they were, you know, very, uh, he was very enamored by the cup series in general, as he should have been. Uh, and we, we made uh, the decision to go with their gear and actually uh, ended up with um, some of the very first, if not the first falling film and uh, rolled film distillation units, as well as, the cup 30 that we had. And we also made a, a bit of a precursor makeshift version of the DC 40 ourselves, just with a keg, a plate heat exchanger and some compressors outside. And, uh, all that again, in shipping containers, individualized, uh, but you know, very, very well kept. We were a group that had all studied hard science in school and kind of knew what we wanted. Uh, and we, we worked out all of uh, the SOPs, the, the following film that and the, the chiller designated to it was not very, uh, not quite robust enough to keep up with 120 degree heat in the summer. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah, I could, I could imagine that. 
Yeah, that was rough. Um, so we helped Delta uh, find their way to GND as a supplier for their, their chillers. That went uh, rather well. Uh, the, and thus the Falling Film 60-gallon variant was also bored just because they had more uh, the, the robustity of the uh, uh, the entire platform just kind of went up. And now while it was about a 45-gallon uh, capacity for us people in a normal environment could push a little bit more, uh, also helped make them some modifications to the RFD, uh, as well as kind of came up with a bit of the, the uh, helped them with the standard way to get a really good removal rate for cannabinoids in the cup series. Um, involved in that project were many of the different people at Delta because we were kind of the canary in the coal mine for a lot of their newer platforms. So I'm, I met Ben and Jim out here, uh, you know, Ben Stevens being the founder and Jim being the uh, head engineer. And uh, obviously, some of their more uh, famous characters like uh, Sean and Casey, who I owe a lot to. They taught me a whole bunch uh, and made me a much better extractor. I had a lot of experience in the game. Uh, and then I, you know, I, I wasn't very happy after after we'd completed all of this stuff. We weren't very much appreciated for our work, so I decided to move on. And I uh, met. I, I took a job with another company called. Uh, Halo Labs that uh, produced products for some uh, some reputable brands, uh, Hush being one of them, for instance. Uh, they did uh, used hydrocarbons to extract, and I helped them with some optimization that they needed in their labs ahead of when Vapegate kind of uh, uh, crippled them a little bit, and they were forced to let a bunch of people go. And uh, that was when I finally made the right decision to get Ben up for a job. And... Uh, he, you know, uh, and with open arms, uh, helped me come up to Santa Rosa. And uh, actually, yesterday is uh, marks the anniversary of when I joined up here, just uh, shortly, pretty, uh, like before the acquisition and everything. Uh, it's been kind of strange. I've been involved with Delta for much longer than I've worked here, I suppose. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of the the come to, the come to be story for for me here. All right. Yeah, I uh, I'm no stranger to how those relationships grow when when you're one of the first people to uh, to receive some equipment and then actually are good at giving feedback and having technical conversations. You uh, you can build some relationships really quickly. Yeah, and Ben Ben's a, a you know is a visionary and a fantastic human being. Uh, it uh, changed my life for the better as well. So I was more than happy to one help him out when we were pioneering some of his gear, but more more so when uh, he offered me a job and was so generous with me. I uh, I just you know owe him a lot. Nice. Well, that's great. Uh, so can you give me a brief uh, like a bird's eye view of Delta as a company? How uh, how did they start? What how did it all come about? Yeah, of course. Um, so again, it comes down to Ben, really. He, Ben's been in the game for uh, a long time, <laughs> uh, longer than I've uh, I'd even considered an in industry before legalization, all of that good stuff. Um, he uh, is a technical man himself, but uh, he started out, you know, I suppose you could say that Delta was kind of uh, founded on his just um, services and building some custom systems, uh, despite the fact that Ethanol is the main, uh, why, why, what Delta is known for. Uh, ben is also has experience building CO2 and hydrocarbon systems, along with some of the other people that uh, he helped start, start Delta with as well. They're, they're also to be credited. Um, and as it progressed, you know, all those five years ago or so, um, uh, around three years ago, that is when Ben had the bright idea to make an ethanol spinner that would go two directions. Uh, and it sounds simple, but the electrical engineering work that goes behind a motor that can do that readily is uh, harder than you might think. And so they came up with a method and optimized it, got it paid for. And lo and behold, it just worked better than uh, most anything else out there. I, uh, I can attest still, to that. still does to this day. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah that's, that's why I, when it came down to the episode on – uh, centrifugal extraction. I was like, okay, Delta is the one that I want to talk to. I was very happy to get you on the phone. Yeah, uh, we're happy to talk about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you guys got to be proud of being the best. Yeah, I mean, it's. I I, have, I feel bad repping repping it. I again, I've helped that with the the use of it, I suppose, in developing it. But the, the engineers that developed it are the the real rock stars. <laughs> right on. Uh, so Delta started 
doing ethanol extraction and and uh and that was their their main bag um when when i got into the industry every manufacturer had their specialty you went to delta for your centrifuge uh and there are other manufacturers that you would go to for a falling film or a rotovap even before that uh and then moving on to all the various stills that are out there for distillation um nowadays everybody is uh, coming out with their own entire suite. So uh, can you give me a brief description of, of just the current equipment offerings that you guys have now beyond the, uh, the Cup Series uh, centrifuges? Of course. Um, so uh, as far as just Delta is concerned, because obviously we have, uh, we're under the uh, Gibraltar umbrella as of, uh, you know, the, the, this, uh, this year and everything, um, with uh, Del- specific to Delta are the ethanol uh, products and again the, the rolled film uh, molecular distillation array that we offer. Uh, but to begin, start from the beginning, so to speak, uh, at least the direct killer 40, the DC 40 as it's known, uh, is a major base uh, drilling system that will allow you to um, kill. It's, it's very important in this, uh, or very useful, I guess, in the sense that it can uh, one chill your ethanol and uh, has its own onboard pump to, to bring in a solvent from a tertiary location, but it can also refill your picture. So that, that's uh, one thing that's really cool about it. So you can run things in a loop. Uh, we offer, uh, we're partnered with Ertel also uh, to provide a filtration skid that, again, has its own pump on it uh, so that you can make sure that after it comes off of our proprietary cup 30. I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't hear, I didn't hear which, uh, what company that was for the filter. Oh, it's a Ertel Alpha. Okay. Yeah. They're, they're good. A fantastic uh, filter manufacturer for lenticular filtration and beyond. Uh, we, uh, you know, had, uh, if you've processed before uh, and you've ever tried to use vacuum filtration for cannabis processing, you've probably had a really <laughs> bad time. Um, it is not fun. No, as that used to be my entire day uh, way back when. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, uh, between that and winterization, I just uh, was very thankful when we realized that we wanted to go cold and that you could push uh, your mozilla through a filter instead of having to, you know, pull it through and wait several hours longer than it took you to extract your material. So. Um, yeah, and that, comp- that comprises our extraction suite, like the loop there um, that you can do. And you can research it as many bags as you can fit into a batch of ethanol that way without ever having to take it out of the loop, which we're very happy with. Um, afterwards, uh, you, will, you can send it out to uh, our falling film evaporator uh, that comes in two different uh you can call them models. The steelware is the same, and it's just a diller size variant that will give you two different capacities of 45 or 60 gallons an hour. Uh, uh, they're, they're, uh, you should be expecting some higher throughputs in the future, in the near future, that is, uh, as it stands. Uh, where there's, we're implementing some new technology that uh, my engineers will come and sock me if I, <laughs> if I talk too much about that uh, to, to get some higher uh, uh, numbers of uh, for the evaporation tech that we have. But, you know, a falling film is just the best way to, to go about it when you're uh, extracting botanical compounds with ethanol. Couldn't agree you'll more. You'll pull over a lot of, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. You'll pull over a lot of water and stuff. And the, uh, the falling film, uh, the way that it's laid out, just reproofs it each time. So you can take a lot of the moisture content out of there. Okay. Uh, actually, I wasn't planning on getting uh, getting too deep into this uh, today because it is an episode on centrifugal extraction. But you, you've piqued my interest with the reproofing on your uh, on your on your falling film. Uh, if you could just real quick describe why it reproofs the ethanol, I'd love to know. Yeah, of course. Um, so you know, as it falls down the column, the, the extract that is, and it's heated, and you vaporize the ethanol, and the extract stays in its, uh, you know, the viscous solid form. Uh, it uh, it's going to fall into the column and be re- down the column and be recollected. But the vapor path, on the other hand, uh, is such that it goes uh, through a couple of ducts and travels against gravity uh, to travel back to the. Uh, second side of the heat exchange, the play heat exchangers, um, where that are being chilled and will thus recondense the ethanol. 
uh, the molecular weight of water and any of the trapped extract uh, that, that's coming through across that column is gonna uh, is gonna drop out uh, against uh, against gravity effectively and just be recollected into the concentrate where you can easily uh, get rid of it with uh, the the heat at which you heat carb. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. So it stays with the the heavies, so to speak. That, that's exactly. that's interesting. Okay, cool. Um, it, was that it for your equipment offerings, or, or no? You guys have your molecular still as well. Yeah, exactly. There's there's the roll film, which we really, uh, I really liked. Uh, you know, it's there. I I'll, I love delta separations, and uh, and uh, but the, I'm sure anybody here would admit as well. It's it's a great machine for the price point. Uh, again, it's a you can. There, I love Chemtech units, and there are plenty of other units out there that uh, are have a great price tag, but are absolutely you know phenomenal in operation. The the RFD will get the job done as well, though. But for a five liter unit, it's uh, it's hard to beat uh, what ours offers. Rollers are always nice to have because they won't break like the the wipers will. If you've ever again, uh, uh, just going back to the processing days, if you've ever had to stop pulp production to change the wipers on a oh, yeah. wiped film unit, uh, can be really frustrating. Well, and then also with the wiped film units, if uh, if you don't change them and nothing catastrophically goes wrong, they just recede, and then you're slowly and slowly getting less temperature control as that film builds up a little bit thicker. It's a uh, it's something that's a little bit uh, insidious there, where it, nothing's catastrophically wrong, so you don't go in to fix it. But then it ends up costing you, uh, costing you yield for sure. Exactly. And uh, see, so I think there's uh, one one other machine that uh, is worth mentioning. Uh, we recently this year have released our uh, vortex trichome separator, our uh, solventless water hash machine. Uh, that's a uh, co-developed with Frenchy Cannoli. Um, it uh, uses a, a patented dual vortex uh, that's generated by the battleship here down at the bottom uh, of the basin uh, to, again, just kind of uh, whip a vortex into the water and uh, brush the trichomes off very gently uh, to create some fantastic water hash with it as well. It, it has some nice safety features and a bow pillar pump to be able to pull um your water through uh, out and not have to gravity drain it as the older uh, prototype units. Uh, that's all you could really do is just kind of raise it to be able to operate it efficiently. But people, the first ones are starting to go out now and people are pretty happy with them. Uh, the one that you guys had on display at BizCon 2019, was that the last one? or did, Yes, BizCon yeah. 2019. Uh, was that the, the new version of that Vortex or is that the older version? That is the, it's technically the, the same technology. It's just the smaller variant. Uh, that, those are what a lot of people call the, the Frenchy machines, meaning uh, he, he uh, was in ownership of most of them as, and used most of them as well. But uh, the 50-gallon uh, variant of, uh, is exactly that. It's just a, a little bit bigger, and the motor is uh, sized up a little bit more. No, with that machine, is that a is that a one and done machine, um, or I would imagine it it comes with a separate chiller, or is the chiller contained inside that machine? Um, you can. Uh, there's no chiller that uh, it comes on board with the, the machine. It's not entirely necessary to run a chiller with uh, the jacket. It does give you that option in case somebody wants to be very thorough and run uh, a chilling line through it, uh, or pull vacuum on the jacket, for instance. Um, but the, from how I've seen Frenchy run it personally, uh, he just uh, likes to make sure that the, the water is super chilled with uh, some ice on the inside. And uh, that's about it. Good old-fashioned ice. Ice and water, the easy way. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. As far as where you see Delta going, uh, what is your, what's Delta's vision for, for moving forward? Uh, so, you know, Delta's prided itself on a lot of innovation and uh, with what with uh, the merger and everything like that, we're obviously uh, slowing down a little bit. Uh, COVID is also something I suppose we can blame everything on. <laughs> um, and uh, as we make the transition now, we're uh, in the process of uh, identifying some of, you know, it's hard to fix the cup, frankly. That thing is just, uh, it just runs. It, uh, it's very, the cup series will be very neat. Uh, the only th- we might make some changes in in the sense that we might we're uh, interested in making it more flexible. Uh, a lot of people want to run it colder, 
to make uh, finished products uh, straight off of the cup, for instance, um, or uh, to be able to change out the gaskets uh, so that you can and the seals to use alternative solvents. Mm-hmm. Something that we're looking into, which uh, we're pretty excited about. Uh, then there's, you know, again, higher throughput uh, applications for the falling film and uh, perhaps uh, some improvements to the RFD uh, to, uh, to keep it competitive and maybe uh, add some additional stages. Uh, there, there are also a couple of things in the works as far as the solventless uh, um, stuff is concerned as well. Some very high throughput uh, um, machines on that end that we're looking into. Uh, and then, again, just the uh, post-processing for our finished hash machines as well. Okay, great. Uh, the the acquisition by Gibraltar has made some some big news, or Gibraltar rather, uh, made some big news in the extraction world. Uh, what was the process of being acquired like? Well, um, friendly <laughs> is one thing I could say. If we we were a, a ducking and diving company, uh, as a lot of cannabis companies were before uh, the acquisition. Everything was uh, everything and everything was accomplished. Uh, off the sweat of everybody's proud here. And I, I was fairly new to the team at that point anyway. So again, I just have to take my hats to the people that were doing it when it was, uh, you know, uh, your efforts at the office directly correlated to the success of the company. So um, every, every, most cannabis companies, if not all manufacturers or extraction companies, distribution, everybody struggled a little bit this year, uh, just as most industries took a bit of a hit. So um, it's uh, supposed to say that we were very happy to have uh, Gibraltar come in and, uh, you know, give us a leg to stand on so that we can not be in crisis mode in all of this and actually focus on what we need to fix about our machines and our organization and everything. So it's been a fairly smooth process. There are some hiccups and some visionary uh, conflicts and things like that, but uh, that's to be expected. I would say that... um, uh, you know, most people understand that uh, we're going to come back from uh, that. You know, we'll rebound from COVID uh, and from the, the you know the slump in say the hemp industry, for instance, uh, is better and uh, brighter than ever. I'd say. Yeah, if anything, it really gives everybody a little bit. If if you have some backing like you guys do now, um, mm-hmm. it gives everybody a little bit more time to focus because if if you if all you're trying to do is fill orders, it doesn't leave much time for innovation. So that's uh you know enjoy it exactly. As far as uh getting into some of the some of the more technical sides, um, again this this episode is specifically about uh, centrifugal extraction. So uh, the cup really is what put Delta on the map. The cup series of machines. Um, okay, what does that actually stand for? CUP. Yeah, so the, the CUP is the centrifugal utility platform. Uh, and again, uh, that's just because that, and I think that's something I can allude to in the future is you'll be able to use it for a lot more All right. <laughs> one day. For, for the listeners that don't know exactly what the machine is or, uh, or, or what it looks like, how it works and all that, I'd like to describe it. Uh, basically what I try to do when, when working in podcasting is picture somebody driving in a car. They don't have the ability to just click on something and look, look on the internet and see the link of what you're doing. So to the best, uh, the best of your ability, can you, can you describe the machine, how it works, what it looks like and, and all of that? Yeah, of course. Um, so it's a kind of just a washing machine, to be honest. That's uh, very, very, very similar, I suppose. There's a big cup uh, basin, which I know it's a centrifugal utility platform, which is very aptly named. Um, and uh, there's a basket within uh, the chamber in which you'll load uh, a, a sack that's kind of uh, shaped and fitted that's uh, filled with um, your botanical uh, material uh, and... Uh, you, you, if uh, that's direct, the actual extraction chamber in which um, you'll be filling your ethanol in, uh, it sits on uh, a, 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 a base uh, that it, where you'll have the drive built on the inside and uh, and everything. Uh, the, there's a barrier reservoir uh, that sits kind of on the back, which is just this uh, canister that uh, pressure injects ethanol into the bearing cage on which the, that inner uh, that the inner basket rotates on for the extraction. Uh, 
Um, and then sticking out on the, the right side, you'll see a small uh, Siemens H HMI screen uh, where that, that is touch screen where you'll be, uh, you know, um, navigating the various menus and the agitation and spin-off cycles for the cup units and your emergency button feature. And there's a panel in a, a tertiary location that where most of your electronics are, or your, your hard electronics and another emergency stop uh, is going to be featured. Uh, and so, yeah. Uh, oh, I actually also should forget that um, from the drain port, which is located right at the base of the, the cut part of the unit, there's uh, a, a a hose that will attach uh, to a spinoff, uh, kind of an, uh, the discharge tank, as it's known. Uh, both of those uh, units are jacketed, as in like there's a little space in there where you could uh, run some chilling fluid or a vacuum if you wanted to. And uh, there are ports along the, the tops of both as well uh, for, you know, filling and uh, venting as well, respectively. All right, so uh, basically, you you chill your ethanol down. You pump it. You well, first you chill your material and your ethanol down. Usually, uh, you put the bag in the in the basket. It's a perforated basket, just like a washing machine. Uh, close the lid, clamp it down, and then push with gas or pump your ethanol from your chiller uh, or your keg or whatever your your vessel is for that. It comes down through the top of the, uh, the lid of the machine, uh, and then from that point on, uh, you will you'll run your extraction process. The SOPs we'll get into in just a second here, um, and then uh, after that, you'll drain it out of the drain, which is at the bottom. And then when you spin it around on your spin cycle, it'll help push the additional ethanol that's retained in the uh, in the biomass out of the ethanol, just like your laundry machine would. Uh, and then that also will flow out into the, into your, your catch basin. Would you, would you agree with all of that? Yeah. Sounds great to me. Okay, perfect. Uh, so one of the reasons I was excited to talk to you specifically is that you've run these machines and you've really worked on them as a processor uh, and you're not just a, a salesman for the company. Um, so, and you've taken things all the way through to the final product, which I think is very important. Um, when, when working with any of this stuff, especially because if you're in there working on one stage, which the extraction stage is a very early stage in the process, and don't really get to play with the final products, it helps to see what the results are uh, in the future. So it's nice to, to talk to somebody who, who's been all the way through, all the way to the distillate or to the isolate, um, so that you can really then hone your SOPs at each of the stages of the process in order to make sure you're doing it as best as you can. So uh, excited to have you on specifically because you've done all of this. Uh, that said, what are your go-to SOP starting points? If you've got some new biomass that you haven't extracted from before, uh, it, it lands at the at your shop and uh, you're ready to start going, where do you start? Yeah, um, so, you know, there's a... Um, a myriad of different things that, uh, that you'll, you'll, we tried to control for when I worked at D9. Um, a, the milling size is very important. A quarter inch mill is, uh, is going to be the best way to maximize your surface area while not just making a powder that you're trying to extract. Because uh, if you've ever seen the derivatives of that, it's very viscous, hard to deal with. And, uh, and uh, yeah, nobody, nobody wants to try to transfer that out of a keg or a vessel. Um, of course, uh, chilling your biomass is uh, is very important as heat is kind of the enemy in, in all of this uh, when you're running cold processing. Warm is always an option as well, but uh, there's a lot of post-processing that is uh, involved in all of that. And if you're going for color specifically, the carotenoids uh, and uh, the oxidation just tend to occur a little bit more readily with a warm extracted product. So keeping the biomass really cold and, uh, and in doing so, I'd say, you know, at around minus 20 C or so, uh, for maybe a day, a day or two in the freezer, just to make sure that the center of the bags get nice and frozen as well. Uh, the, um, ethanol should be chilled. A lot of people seem to think that you need to chill it to minus 50 or minus whatever to, to get uh, a really good extraction. But, uh, truthfully the, the best, um, and I, I've, I've just, you know, used uh, analytical platforms in HPLC to back my numbers up as well. Uh, we, we had one in-house that suggested that the best true window for extraction uh, when you're talking about 
extraction efficiency one, uh, your return, as in you're not reducing the solvency of the ethanol by by making it too cold, and but where and you're not wasting money by uh, getting it too cold because obviously running your compressor for your uh, chilling platform or using liquid nitrogen, however you're choosing to chill. Uh, not uh, uh, ideal to be, uh, um, you, you, you know, it's it related, it not a good relation when you're just uh, over chilling your material for not, not a lot of return. So minus 35 to minus 40 somewhere in that window and Celsius is, is uh, typically where you want to stay. So somewhere in there is the, is like uh, the sweet spot. It uh, you, You'll probably get the same number uh, or the same level of extraction at minus, uh, you know, 37 as you will at minus 50. So why why bother getting all the way up to fifty if you can make sure that you can now you do need to make sure that you're gonna keep within that range as well. Starting at minus forty and letting it jettison down to minus thirty five is not so bad, just because of the fact that uh, you you will you should expect to lose about five degrees thereabouts um, uh, when you're uh, when you're extracting and all of that good stuff. Uh, and but there's there are ways that you can make sure that you're losing a minimal amount. Uh, I always like to do what I call a, a bit of a dry run, um, which is where I just super chilled the ethanol uh, down and ran it uh, ran it in the cup for a little while to get the steel really cold, and that way I can uh, you know mitigate a lot of the heat transfer uh, that I would have uh, from just you know the, the steel itself being at room temperature. Uh, and that's that's a great way to ensure that every single one of your extractions is nice and, uh, and frosty. All right, these are the things that you can do, and uh, when you have a nice chiller and you're not working with dry ice. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I, I started that put that there myself when you just have to take. Uh, we used to call them, you know, just oxygen breaks because we were working in shipping <laughs> containers with dry ice back in the day. So I totally, uh, uh, I very much appreciate them, the lovely systems that uh, you know the, the DC40 is great, and we also we love uh, cryometrics as well. Those uh, those systems are awesome and have applications as well the, the the chiller will change your life for sure it's oh, yes. and and, mm-hmm. and by the time you you go a year down the road shoveling dry ice into something you could have bought a chiller anyway exactly uh they, they may seem pricey at first uh but again the the amount of um manpower that you'll save uh frostbite <laughs> and uh the the sheer throughput uh, it really does uh it's it's lovely to, to have one in-house Okay, so we've got a quarter inch mill size. We've got our ethanol chilled to minus 30 to minus 40. Uh, and now it's time to uh, what, load, load, up the, load up the vessel and uh, let's pick it back up with the SOPs from there. Yeah, of course. Uh, so from, from there on, and again, I, I know that my, my sales manager would probably be listening to me and uh, try, uh, telling I'm I'm famous for giving away too much when I talk on the phone. So I'll, I'll try and hold Well, it. that's the whole plan, man. <laughs> I guess I, I kind of try and, and hold at least a couple of things back because our teaching tech team, so as they're known as like our training team that charges for a lot of the information. So uh, what I, I agree to be up here so I can say there, there's a very special way that you can do your uh, your initial extractions to make sure that you're uh, okay. Yeah, this is the best way I can say it without giving away the whole enchilada. I guess be very aware of the fact that every single batch of biomass is different. Uh, there's no two no two lots of, uh, of hemp or cannabis or any plant matter for that reason is going to extract the same. There's no way that you milled all of it to the exact same consistency one and the trichomes clump differently. There are three different kinds of trichomes that uh, all dissolve at different rates. There's a, there's temperature variance. There's all kinds of different things to control. So titrate your way in is the best way that I'll say it. Uh, and uh, then that, and, you know, judge, judging from your first batch of uh, uh, material that you extract, uh, that if you get a solid result from that one, you can then duplicate that result for your entire lot. But uh, don't hold on to your, you know, your single tried and true SOP uh, 100% of the time. I could not agree with that more. Yeah, uh, well, so this way your your sales team, or your, I'm sorry, your training team can't get mad at you. But my my, my whole deal here is uh, try to try to help people out and give them the best uh, best SOPs I can. So they they won't get mad at you for this, but you just happen to be here while I'm mentioning that what I would like to do is uh, I'll load the machine up for the first batch of a new new uh, new batch of biomass. 
start running it and just keep an eye on that sight glass looking for starting to see a little bit of a color change. And when I start noticing that ethanol changing color, then that's when I know uh, uh, I'll stop, stop, stop watch. And that's how I set my SOPs for that batch of biomass on the cup machine moving forward for the rest of that batch. Um, Couldn't so. agree more. <laughs> hey, now you didn't say it. <laughs> yeah, there we go. That's that's the best. I'm happy I got some coverage there too. That's fantastic. <laughs> All right, great. Um, so then you've you've got that. Uh, that's how we get to our amount of time that we're going to run it in the cup. Uh, now after after it gets run through the uh, through the machine, you drain it out. There's a lot of. Uh, differing opinions out there as far as how many times to pass a batch of ethanol through uh, biomass before sending it on to be evaporated and, uh, and recollected. So um, what I tell everybody all the time is there is no real answer to this without knowing every single variable of your particular extraction operation. You got to know what you're paying for ethanol. You got to know how important it is for your, uh, for you to get good extraction efficiency. Um, there's, there's just a ton of variables to, to really know. And mill size is a huge variable. I mean, if you've got stuff that's milled down beyond quarter of an inch, now it's going to retain a lot more ethanol, even in that spin cycle, because it's finer and more of a sponge. So now if you're retaining ethanol, the more times you pass that ethanol through biomass, it is, it, it's really becoming more valuable and any loss that you have in that biomass is more valuable. So there's, there's a real balancing act here. Uh, what is your take on, on, on how many times, um, if you had to give an answer, which I know it is, it does vary a lot, but if you had to give an answer, how many times do you think you pass it through? Um, how many bags of material do you pass your ethanol through before sending it on to the next stage in the process? Yeah, of course. I have a pretty fine answer for it. I mean, I, I did it a lot. Uh, we, we did, we tried, uh, you know, anywhere between obviously two to about six, uh, when, when I was working, and uh, uh, we just found that somewhere between the third and the fourth bag is where you'll start to see some saturation of uh, and, and you know loss of uh, uh, of capture on the, the each batch of ethanol. So I had, uh, the golden rule for us was just stick to three. Uh, we really liked three uh, three different ones, and it's a bit uh, while some people might be worried about uh, that extraction efficiency. If uh, if you're willing to take you know my word for it or test it yourself again on an analytical platform. And you can you'll and you see uh, that you are capturing in effect uh, the same amount of cannabinoids each time. The reason that it's so beneficial is one, yes, you are saving a lot of ethanol, and that in the sense that you are losing a little bit of ethanol with each extraction because again, there's just some that won't spin off even at the fifteen hundred or eighteen hundred RPM. You'll get at the spin off of series. Uh, but the, uh, the biggest advantage as far as I see it in conjugation with our falling film unit is uh, after you've put it through fil filtration and you send it over to your falling film, the, uh, the, the inlet surface that you're using to siphon in the ethanol for evaporation is shared with the surface that's going to be condensing your ethanol, meaning that all that money that you spent to keep your, uh, your tincture cold uh, while you're recirculating it. And, and by the way, yeah, you're only topping off your tincture as opposed to rechilling room temperature ethanol. So you're saving money on electricity there on the chilling platform. But uh, you're also using that chilling power uh, to recondense the ethanol as it's being siphoned into the falling film because the as the, the tincture is being prepped and warmed for evaporation, uh, some of that energy is being uh, used to cool down the ethanol that's been vaporized and recondensed. So you're, you're again, you're, it's just uh, the, the, in doing so, uh, you're also only using a third of the ethanol as opposed to three times if you're just doing a one to one bag uh, to take uh, back to ethanol mixture. So there's just a lot of uh, saving that you're doing there if. Uh, if you're recirculating your tincture and, you, uh, and you, around three bags is the is the golden number, and that way you're making sure that you're just taking full advantage of all of that uh, power that you put into keeping things cold. I personally like two, but I think our mill size was a little bit smaller than your quarter inch mill. I think with a quarter inch mill, 
running running three bags would would be no problem because your your loss is going to be so minimal for what's retained in your in your in your material mm-hmm. that makes that makes sense well there's there's more of a reason to uh to to tighten up the mill size um just as a a little quick circle back to that um what do you find to be uh the, the best means of accomplishing that quarter inch mill size uh, we usually recommend um, a future roller grinder and uh, after you, you know, around the 300th hour that you spent milling cannabis, <laughs> you, you start to get pretty good at eyeballing. Uh, and, and, or maybe just you actually, I, should, I, miss, I misspeak there. Uh, I think we got it down to a particular time yeah. uh, that we could set the future rollers to be able to, to, to mill. I, for, uh, it's been a while since I used uh, one of those myself, as I, I and I'm. After I, uh, I was a master extractor at D9 for a long time, and then they just started moving me on to kind of helping everywhere. Uh, it, uh, thankfully, I didn't have to. I haven't had to mill biomass in quite some time. But that's a, that's my advice, guys. Is a, once you figure out the consistency that you really want, just pay attention to uh, how long it, it, it took it to get to that stage in the grinder, and just use that number. Uh, yeah, definitely the least glamorous job in an extraction laboratory is the uh, the mill room. <laughs> yeah, there was a, there, the, the name the name for that person was not a nice one at my facility. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Uh, the new the new guys got to go somewhere. Exactly. Uh, okay, cool. So we where were we? We we've run it through three times at the quarter inch mill. Prior to filtration, um, there is a debate on winterization. Um, the winterization thing has gone back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I think that it's that winterization in general uh, is a holdover from uh, CO2 and early hydrocarbon extractions and, and maybe room temperature ethanol extractions. But really, in my opinion, I don't think winterization is necessary. If you're running at the right temperatures, you can just skip that. Um, but what what is what is your take on that? Um, I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you. Uh, if you're if you're making sure that your processes are cold uh, at every stage, um, then you shouldn't be having too much problem uh, too much of a problem with uh, lipid and wax content. Now, there remains something to be said, and I'm going to use some nerd words now. Um, <laughs> uh, that with with ethanol as a solvent, uh, it's due to its you know. Um, uh, it's a composition, uh, the, the way that the atoms are spaced and everything. It's called a, a dipole moment that it has, which basically just means that it has no surface tension. Uh, at water, for instance, you know, you could skip across, uh, you could skip a rock across it. Um, you wouldn't be able to do that with ethanol. It would sink on the first bounce. And, uh, but the, what the implication with the extraction that that has is that when you dump, when you go ahead and you dump that uh, super cold, ethanol across that bag it's going to move across it very quickly now it's a minute amount but some friction is generated there no matter what it's uh, it's unmistakable and uh there's no way to mitigate it uh, no matter how hard or loud your bosses yell at you um so the uh, there will be a very small amount of fat and wax now most of the time that nobody's really going to care it's gonna it'll come out as like a, maybe a small uh, black clump when you decarb it and that's that if you filter your your um, decarb crude oil you're not gonna need to worry about it very much but uh, if you if you really want to mitigate it and you know make I've I've had my crude oil recrystallize on itself in a reactor before and if you want to make crude oil that'll do that. Uh, the best way to do it is to do what uh, we came to call a decumbing, which was uh, we stuck it in our, uh, our um, chiller and the tincture that again was very highly filtered, as filtered as we could make it, and we chilled we chilled it down as, as much as we could, uh, as much as our what, the current technology that we had would allow us to, and then we just blasted it back through the the system without a bag in the cup and just sent it straight through the filter again uh, one more time. And our filter housing was in a freezer. I can already hear my engineers like getting mad at me. I bet uh, <laughs> they this. But uh, if you keep your filter housing and the steel really cold, uh, you, you'll drop the fats out right there uh, and degum them. And you can make 100% sure that there's uh, next to no fat content in your extract. Uh, and that way, when it comes to goes to your falling film, it'll, you'll keep it super happy because uh, your fall. There is a pre-filter on the falling film, but. You know, uh, you don't want any fat or plant material to ever be in the inner surface of that machine. 
and your decarb will be super lovely and you, you won't have any uh, sugar buildup in your uh, rolled film and all of that other post-processing that can be avoided uh, if you just uh, make sure that your crude oil comes up. All right. So uh, moving on from there, what uh, what did you guys do now with, with all the crazy COVID stuff going on this year? Uh, Biz, BizCon was canceled, unfortunately. I always look forward to that. It's a great time in Vegas and uh, everybody from the industry comes out and it's just, uh, you know, it's a, it's a good mixer where everybody gets to see everybody and see what everybody's working on. And it's a, it's a fantastic place to go. Mm-hmm. They canceled that this year. Uh, and now... Uh, I keep getting a ton of emails about all the virtual stuff that's going on. Um, I haven't spent much time looking around at it, but I think that I'll be able to access it uh, after the fact, and I plan to. Um, so what, what did you guys do for the virtual BizCon? How did Delta represent itself? Yeah, so, you know, we're, we have uh, processing solutions by Gibraltar now. Uh, I, I'm, uh, I'll be available uh, for questions. Have, any, uh, have, have them regarding... You know, supercritical CO2 extraction, uh, ethanol extraction, or hydrocarbon extraction. I'm also an expert on uh, remediation technology with uh, chromatography and all that other good stuff. So, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of how we've chosen to handle it. Uh, there, you know, it is what it is. A lot of the time, I'm just getting people that are trying to sell me stuff, ironically. But uh, it uh, again, it's it's uh, we're we're everybody's reading from uh, the lack of opportunity to be able to go down to the convention. Um, that was like an, uh, the first time I went was an eye-opening experience to me. It just makes you realize how much you uh, what one maybe what you know, and then but most certainly what you don't know. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely true. I love it. It's it's my absolute one of my favorite things to do all year. It's great to be able to talk to people that that are in your field, especially when it was a field that you couldn't talk about what you were working on for so long, um, that now there's everybody that's there hanging out, talking about what they're doing. You know, there's a lot of SOPs that, that people are really tight with throughout the year that, uh, you know, might, might, might come out a little bit when you're out there, which is nice. Um, which is a, it's a great, great amount of camaraderie. I, uh, I like it a lot. And, uh, I, I it was very, very sad to see it get canceled, but you know that's that's what it is. At least we're all going to stay healthy. Yeah, and, and we've we've done some things to try and you know obviously uh, you hamstring uh, our service department, for instance, uh, when you when you tell them that they can't go to some places. We have people that have uh, by and by you know through buying it buying it through us or otherwise uh, people our equipment has, end, has ended up in places like south america and everything where people are getting into processing and they want they they want training so they buy consultation days and so we've gotten really good at remote installs uh and uh, and all of that so like we it, we at this point if you buy equipment and you and we, you're somewhere where we're not allowed to go for now we're totally uh, able and willing to walk you through uh, having you do it yourself, which is uh, mind-boggling. I didn't think it would work, but uh, as a bilingual uh, a processor myself, I actually helped uh, Delta, the service team here at Delta do the first remote uh, commissioning of um, a falling film evaporator in Colombia uh, a couple months ago. And, uh, you know, super successful. They're running tanks to this day. So, uh yeah, you know, we're 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 trying to putting our best foot forward to make sure, uh, sure that we can still maintain our level of service uh, during these uh, truly oddball times. That's fantastic, man. That's not an easy machine to put together if uh, if if you're just buying your first one and don't fully fully understand it. That's a that's a feat to be able to do remotely. Yeah, definitely not simple. Um, that was a, a long set of phone calls. Let me tell you. <laughs> now, are you guys doing video stuff as well? Yeah, uh, we, we're looking into doing it. Um, we're kind of, uh, I guess, how, how can I say it? We're, we're waiting to bring everybody uh, in on the conversations that we're hoping to, and so that we can make a very concise and holistic uh, uh, instructional videos uh, and everything, just because we, we know that Derpoka is going to be making more moves in the new year. Uh, so we, we just want to be preemptive and not... Uh, you know, uh, st- get ahead of ourselves, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely got to be prepared and, and, and ready mm-hmm. for you personally. What, uh, what are you most excited about, uh, regarding the future of the extraction industry? Taking it around the world. Uh, All right. 
I uh, I love traveling, and I, I can I speak a few languages, and I I grew up uh, largely outside of the country and stuff. So uh, I consider myself ultimately fortunate for uh, being able to come out to California and somehow you know. Uh, be, getting to become a part of one of the premier extraction houses uh, in in the country and maybe may, I dare say the world uh, and now they, they may through Gibraltar we might get a platform to go and share it with people all over the place we we have um, a, now a distributor in South Africa and um, uh, have one in in Colombia and have, uh, hundreds of, of systems up in Canada. Uh, we're already in talks with people in Europe about uh, helping them out when they decide to come on board. So uh, that's probably what I'm excited about, I'd say. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's uh, in, in my consulting world, I'm, I'm getting interest from multiple different countries, which is a lot of fun because I also love to travel and just seeing it spread and uh, and make its way out you know kind of epicentered here and is now moving everywhere else and and everything's getting more and more tuned in so it's it's a lot easier to say definitively this is this is the way that you should do it mm-hmm. all right so how how can people get a hold of you if uh, if they want to if they want to reach out if they want to get some information if they want to buy a machine or get some advice uh what's the best way to reach you yeah, I mean, uh, you know, uh, there's obviously coming down to our, our offices uh, here in Gotati, which uh, right now most people would say is kind of out of the question. I don't blame you. Um, but uh, if not, then I'd be more than happy to give you guys my contact information through the company as well, if uh, you guys would find uh, that useful. All right. Well, uh, hopefully you get a lot of contact out of this interview and sell a bunch of machines. Uh, I love Delta. I hope everybody that's listening also loves Delta uh, now that you've heard all about it. Um, So Adam Chambers, thank you for joining us on the show today. And uh, we look forward to talking to you soon. Yeah, thank you very much for the opportunity, Jason. And, uh, you know, uh, good luck with uh, your ventures and anybody listening out there. uh, You know, I hope uh, any of the information we shared with you guys uh, helps you out as well. All right, another big thanks to Adam Chambers for joining us on the show today. You guys can check out everything Delta has to offer on their website, deltaseparations.com. You can also book a tour while you're on their site and have one of their specialists walk you through their facility in real life. You can email them, sales at deltaseparations.com. You can also give them a call and usually find a really knowledgeable person on the other end of the line. Their number is 707-358-6479. As always, if you want to hear something specific on the show, let me know. Email me, jason at modernextractor.com. Or, since we just launched the Modern Extractor Instagram, you can send me a DM there. Give it a follow. It's the underscore modern underscore extractor. It'll be chock full of info regarding our guests, the gear, and the subjects we discuss on the show. Big thanks to Isada Venegas for helping me out with that Instagram. If you guys like the show, please subscribe. The more subscribers we get, the better guests I can book for you here in the future. Stay tuned for next week's episode, where we have Maria Peterson from Scott Laboratories on to walk us through all things filtration. Thanks to everyone for tuning into The Modern Extractor. New episodes are out every Tuesday. I'm Jason Showered. Let's talk soon.